On today's episode, I speak with Jane Christoffi of Right Track Educational Services. She brings such a great perspective because she's bringing her professional experience as an educational and career counselor, as well as her perspective as a parent of teenagers. We talk about so many incredible things, including how helicopter or snowplow parents are affecting today's young people, uh, how to identify students who might be eligible or good candidates for a gap year, as well as some of the really key elements and skills that are developed over the course of a gap year that can really benefit somebody in their educational and career pathway further down. So I'm really excited for you to take a listen. So without further delay, here we go. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. Today we are going to hear from Jane Christoffi from Right Track Educational Services, and she's going to share a little bit about what she knows about the right type of person to take a gap year and what it actually means to benefit from this year. So Jane, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks, Michelle, for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Great. Why don't you give us a little bit of background maybe on yourself and about Right Track Educational Services so we, we know a little bit more about you. Okay, sure. So I'm an educational strategist and I own Right Track Educational Services, which is based in the Toronto area. Um, I help students find their academic direction. I help them figure out what their passions are, what their strengths are, and I really encourage them and help them find ways to thrive academically and personally. So I work with students um, during transitions, usually from middle school to high school and then high school to post-secondary, looking at all their options, looking what they're all about, um, and uh, finding the best pathway for them to find um, satisfaction, uh, challenge, and meaning in their lives as they go through it. And um, I love working with tweens and teenagers. Uh, It's a real passion of mine. I've been an educator for over 25 years, guidance counselor and teacher. And I have two teenagers of my own as well. So I'm in the trenches with all the parents out there who may be listening. Uh, I get it. I I know how hard the decision-making process is and the, the who am I discovery process is from the parent perspective. Uh, not just from the educator perspective. Yeah, two different hats that you have to wear and, and two different ways of approaching teens, uh, yeah. whether you're the educator or the parent. Uh, same, same challenges, but, uh, but different conversations that you have mm-hmm. for sure. I like that you mention the, the word transitions because there are so many transitions that happen in a young person's life. And there are some natural ones that everyone experiences and there are, are ones that are unique to, to certain individuals in their life situation. So I, I like that you you mentioned that and acknowledge that these these people are going through transition and mm-hmm. sometimes a gap year is a really good 
fit uh, for that. So I think that's really important to, to factor in. So from your perspective, what are some of the biggest um, benefits of, of taking a gap year? Um, and and what, do you, what do you think about that from the students that maybe that you've seen come through, through your door? Well, I think there's so many benefits for a gap year. Um, when I went to high school, there were five years in high school. So we had grade 13 in Ontario. And kids don't have that fifth year anymore. Um, I feel that, you know, post-secondary education, whether it's college or university, it comes really fast. And especially for the kids who are born in the fall, sometimes uh, a student just isn't ready to decide uh, a program to take in, in further education. Very often students aren't ready to go to the next very um, sophisticated stage of schooling, you know, intense, large classes with heavy content. Um, some students aren't ready to leave home. And, uh, you know, so maturity is, is a piece. Uh, there's, there's lots of reasons to take a gap year. Also, not knowing what you want to do, spending that extra year figuring it out, um, getting a little bit more perspective about who you are and what makes you tick. Um, so that would just be the starting point, Michelle, of, of students who I see who all bring up the consideration or option of a gap year. Um, and I really, I really like that you're talking about these, these fall babies. And so I'm at a parenting stage in my, so I was a teacher as well, working with high school students, but I'm at a parenting stage now where, where my daughter is entering into kindergarten and mm -hmm. parents all around me are saying, well, my kid is a late, late kid. Should I mm -hmm. be putting them in kindergarten now? Mm -hmm. And, but somehow that conversation changes when they are 17. Mm -hmm. It's the same mentality. Like my kid is not as mature as the other people around them. And should I be help put it, pushing them into that next stage? Mm -hmm. But, but as a 17 year old, we, we forget that there still is that maturation difference between somebody born earlier and later. I think there is, as a general rule. Um, obviously, every unique individual has, you know, his or her own story and, and strengths and, and weaknesses and so on. But if you think about, um, you know, there's a lot of research on hockey players, for example. Mar Malcolm Gladwell did the whole piece in Outliers, his book, talking about, you know, the number one hockey players seem to all be January boys. And it's, it is a thing in kindergarten. You know, you enter kindergarten and if you're a January kid versus a December kid, there's a whole 25% of your life that you've lived already ahead of your peers if you're a January kid. The difference at the age of 17 is simply that for your lifetime so far, you've been more confident. You know, you've had that feeling from day one that you're more ready than your peers are. And so it kind of compounds over the course of, of a elementary and high school journey. I'm not saying that the, the Burr kids, September, October, November, December, are at a disadvantage, 
not at all. I'm just saying we need to make this consideration. And sometimes, you know, even in university, let's say you do go away to school, you're going to turn 19 later. So you won't be able to go into the pubs where your friends may be able to be served alcohol. You'll be left behind just by that one term, which is half of the school year um, at college or university. These things do make a difference. It's worth considering. Definitely. And, and I like that you say every, every student is unique and different. And there are 16-year-olds that are ready and raring and willing Absolutely. to go. And yeah. there, are, there are 21-year-olds that still aren't there. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the role of a parent, is stepping in to, to be that person who knows their kid better than anyone else mm-hmm. and that can have those conversations with their child about their readiness and to help evaluate whether they are ready because the only way the system evaluates whether you're ready for post-secondary is if you have the grades or not mm-hmm. but yeah. there are so many other factors that go into into that conversation um, so I, I really want parents to think about that 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 it's not just your grades that because the university or the college says you can go doesn't necessarily mean it's the right step. So, so having those conversations is crucial. Yes. And I think that um, there's a lot of research today showing that students are not ready to launch into post-secondary education for reasons that, that go uh, back to just the basic life skills that we aren't asking of our kids. So I speak as a parent, not just as an educator in this story. So you know, there's a trend in, in, edu- in, in parenting in 2020, helicopter parenting, snowplow parenting. Um, what's the other one? I think it's lawnmower, they're calling it now. But basically what that looks like is we as a group of parents in Western society are doing too much for our kids. We're trying to invite the opportunity for them to be successful in all of these wonderful academics and extracurriculars and travel and exciting things to do as families and you know let's get into AAA this and competitive dance that and piano violin blah 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 what's happening is that we're we're asking our kids to do less at home chores they don't have to make their bed they don't have to cut the lawn they don't have to you know do their laundry in you know in comparison to generations before us even our own when you know, you'd have to do tons of chores. As a result, our kids are able to spend more time padding their resumes and getting ready for graduation for high school and entry into these great programs post-secondary. But what the kids go into this next phase lacking is adulting skills. And adulting skills, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's a thing. So adulting means uh, behaviors, skills, that are adult-like. So that would be making an appointment for the doctor or changing a tire on a car or paying a bill for a credit card that you might have as a young person. Adulting skills are doing responsible things. And parents today, we're doing so much for our kids so that they can have the extra time to be successful in the ways that we feel are important. Kids are going off to university and college and they're not ready. They're not ready to Uh, be adults and that's what they need to be. So this is another piece of gap year where students can uh, find, you know, time to grow in life skill, in their life skills. And um, it's not just about making a bed. It's about 
going out there and solving problems and not having mom and dad to sort it out. But without the pressure of also having these academic um, assignments and so on to complete. Um, so, so that is a concern, kids just not being ready to launch. I love it. And I want to just weigh in on that, that um, if your kid is not ready, if they don't have some of those life skills, it's not a reflection of you as a parent. You have not failed your kid. Um, this is the way that society has has shifted and, and parenting over the years, over the generations has changed. Mm-hmm. If I, I talk to my great aunt and she says, Michelle, you're a way better parent than I was. I had five kids and they just ran around and amused themselves and hurt themselves all the time. And you're taking such good care of your kids. Mm -hmm. And it's just a different way of parenting. But we have to realize that because we want what's best for our our kid, we want them to become independent. We want them to become successful adults. And if they can't make their own doctor's appointment, if something were to happen to you as the parent, they need to acquire those skills to successfully transition into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a failure as a parent. It's really an opportunity to now open a different door to allow them to succeed in developing those adulting skills. Yes, and awareness as well. So I came across a lot of this material over the past couple of years about adulting and how students are are launching into this next phase of their lives and they're not ready in some of the ways that seem so basic and assumed. Um, I caught myself, I took a look at the way I was parenting and I was alarmed by it because I do create an environment for my kids to be as successful as they can be in the areas that they're interested in and in school and so on. And I I sort of say, you know, it's easier for me to do do this and this and this. It is the trend of parenting these days, but I feel compelled as an educator, as a speaker to, you know, sort of feedback to parents, um, you know, your listeners, for example, Michelle, and say, look at, take a look at what's happening at home. Are you solving too many problems for your kids? Are you doing too many things to just save hassle for them? And maybe put it back into their lap and say, you know what? I'm not doing you any favors if I keep doing some of these things that, by the way, I kind of love doing for you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's all rooted in what we what is best for our kids. And, mm-hmm. and I think we need to honor that in parents. And, and what's best for our kid is helping them to, to launch and to gain those skills. And uh, I'm so excited that you, you brought up the problem solving element Mm -hmm. because for me, that's one of the biggest benefits of a gap year is to be out of a system for a while. Um, There's lots of co-op programs that you can do. There's lots of travel programs that you can do, but when you are, are outside of a system. So for, for your high school career, you're often allowed to make decisions, but it's picked from one of these six courses um, mm-hmm. and, and fit within this box. But when we take you out of the system, out of the educational system for a while, you're exposed to so many more problems for yourself that you need to solve and so many other 
decisions that you need to make that are um, important for your gap year, important for your development, but they are not life or death situations. So it's Mm -hmm. really kind of a stepping stone to develop those decision-making, those problem-solving skills in a very safe environment that is not going to drastically impact the rest of your life. You're going to be gaining those skills and those micro-credentials along the way, but it's it's not going to shape the rest of your life. I agree. I also feel there's a bit of anonymity with, you know, projects or jobs or programs that students can take abroad. If this is a short-term um, experience and students go away and, and they try different things, and if there is failure or stumble or obstacle or challenge, it doesn't matter because it's short-term. They don't, it's not going to impact their 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 future in a huge way except in a good way because they're learning how to take risks and see that you know it's not the end of the world if something doesn't work out if i take the wrong turn going down this this road i can come back and take the other fork if i need to i can i can rejig my plan and um you know there isn't this huge problem if something goes wrong. So I feel that risk-taking is more safe um, because there isn't a huge, um, you know, failure or impact with with a wrong decision or move if, if a risk goes sour. And I think that sometimes we have this really negative connotation around risk-taking and failure. And as parents, we don't want to set our kids up for failure. We don't want to put them in risky situations. And, and it's not necessarily that these are risky situations like go walk out on a ledge of a building, and, um, but they're, they're situations where they're putting themselves in an opportunity to succeed or to be really challenged by something. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think we need to help parents understand why risk is, is so important for students or for mm-hmm. young people. Um, mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could weigh in a little bit on maybe as a parent or as an educator, um, how can we help parents reframe this idea of testing out new things and taking those risks? Okay, well, I can just talk about resilience and perseverance. These are two big uh, skills that are highly regarded by educators and employers in so admissions teams and employers in the 21st century. So resilience is a muscle. We all have it. And some people have a small muscle and some people have a big one. And we can develop it by exposing ourselves to experiences that are challenging, where in which we may have setbacks, disappointments, and so on. Failure is something and setback, we cannot be afraid of it. We can't be afraid of it for our kids. The more they face challenge, the earlier in their life, the better for them to, to go through it, because they will build this resilience muscle. And in order to be successful and to grow, we need to take risks. We need to risk failure. And if failure does occur, it doesn't matter. You try something new again in a different direction and you've learned something and you also realize that this is part of life. You know, just because you've had a setback, it doesn't mean that everything stops and you can't go on. It means that you tried it, didn't work, 
off you go. Let's try something new. And, um, you know, I find I, I do a lot of coaching for students when it comes to getting, you know, jobs or scholarships, um, ad admissions into independent schools and into university programs that are very competitive. And so the, the, the interview process, I take them through one of the main questions that they're asked at every level of education and employment is, what is a failure you've had in your life and how did you handle it? Or what is a setback? What's a challenge you face day in and day out and how are you managing it? This is a buzzword and resilience and, and perseverance are buzzwords. And these schools and um, employers, they want to know what has been hard for you because they want to see that you're capable of coming through it. And um, it's also a, a major question on US, you know, they have the college essay that accompanies all of their applications for colleges down there. It's also a question that you see in essays for some of the uh, Canadian university entry uh, documents. Um, basically, what's, what's gone wrong in your life and um, how'd you deal with it? They want to see that students are taking risks, that they're not afraid of it. And frankly, the sooner you can expose your kids to challenge and uh, you know, situations of where they're building their resilience due to taking risks, the better. They're better because they'll get into the habit of doing it. They won't be afraid of doing it. Definitely. And I want to take it one step further as well. So you talked about the admissions process. You talked about getting a job, but it also extends just into everyday life. Um, so, so yes, these are tangible things that you could put, speak to in an interview or, or a resume, but also your daily life improves because you are when you have that perseverance and when you have a stronger or bigger resilience muscle, like you were talking about, mm -hmm. you're able to, to take on different things in your life that maybe not necessarily education track or career track, but you expose yourself to different relationships. You make more friends. You get out of your comfort zone and mm -hmm. into your challenge zone more mm -hmm. often, which leads to a more robust, more well-rounded life. And we we can check back in with the mental health che the checkbox there. Uh, we talk on the, on the life satisfaction scale and how mm -hmm. happy you are. So resilience and perseverance isn't just academics and career tra trajectory uh, skill. It's, it's actually a life skill. And so the idea of failing forward, so having those opportunities, stumbling, learning mm -hmm. from it and, and actually extracting what was the life lesson that I got out of that Absolutely. experience? What, yeah. what, what am I going to do? How am I going to apply this to my life mm -hmm. moving forward? When I find myself in this situation again, what am I going to do differently? And this is why we have, I have built my gap year certification program the way that I have, because it's all about extracting those life lessons. So mm -hmm. it's not about being perfect. It's not about um, having the best, shiniest Instagram feed that you could possibly have. It's not about the, the resume with the most things on it. It's about what life lessons are you getting out of your gap year. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up those two skills because yeah. they are so essential. They're absolutely essential 21st century skills as well as self-efficacy. And that means that a person believes in their own capabilities. 
So we need to ensure our kids have self-efficacy from an early age and gap year is a great way for them to develop it. So off they go into the world, whether it's work, something abroad in a program, maybe it's work abroad, maybe it's starting an entrepreneurial pursuit, excuse me, um, during the gap year, whatever it is that a student chooses to do, um, self-efficacy is, is the goal to build. So being, feeling capable and able and students are lacking that as they go off to university these days. There's a higher failure rate. There's a higher transfer rate. There's a higher mental health concern. Um, you know, students are transferring within the, the school they choose into different departments, which, by the way, I support all of the above. I think whatever a student needs to do through their educational journey is okay. And wrong moves aren't wrong moves. They're just attempts you know like like let's go in this direction and oh no that's not the right fit so how can we change direction back and find our way and and there's really nothing wrong with that there's no rush and i feel that also finding out what you don't want to do is sometimes more valuable than finding out what you do want to do so the wrong moves are really powerful in a good way yeah, I, I can think back on my life and and those lessons where where I discovered something that that I did not like uh, stick with me so strongly and and it's 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 so true to be able to to see the value on both sides of that mm -hmm. and and no life experience is ever a waste. Mm -hmm. And we can say that as grown people, <laughs> you know exactly. Know. But it's hard to believe that when you're in high school and going through. But I, I counsel my, my students who are sort of grade 10, 11, the ones who come to me and say, Jane, you know, I have to choose my course selection for grade 11. I've got to decide what the sciences and the maths and what am I supposed to do? And I just say, look at, what do you hate? Is there anything that you hate or you don't like? And sometimes students do have that. That's a very powerful way of narrowing out something in the, in the decision-making process. And uh, so when things go wrong or when you realize that something isn't of your liking, that's powerful information for your next move. And I, I have a nerdy science background. And one of the most eye-opening things that I learned about science is we can never prove anything. We can only disprove all of the things that we already know. Interesting. Um, which I think is such an interesting perspective now that I'm thinking about it on the fly here mm -hmm. about an analogy to what we want to do with our life. Mm -hmm. um, I am still looking at different avenues and flexing different muscles. I don't know where I want to go, but I know where I don't want to go. Exactly. And I, and I, and I think um, that we need to help young people understand that because mm -hmm. there is this idea of being powerless and, and the decisions that you make are going to dramatically impact your future and set you on a course that's set in one direction. And the reality is that there is no linear pathway that, that mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't exist. You're going to shift and change and move. And um, it, there's no finish line. You're, mm -hmm. you're not, what, what are you racing towards? Um, and, and changing that mentality can be a really powerful way for young people to be able to feel confident in this idea of taking a gap year mm -hmm. is that, that that finish line doesn't exist. Um, mm -hmm. that, that finish line is your coffin and you don't want to be racing towards that. Absolutely. <laughs> 
so enjoy the journey and, and find out what the, what the steps are along the way. So you get a lot of people coming through your, your door, and there are some people that you can spot a mile away um, that might be a really good fit for a gap year. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you, you notice in those folks um, that, that might help parents to understand if, if their kid might be a good candidate or uh, a student who's listening who, who might be like, hmm, that sounds a little bit like me? I would say the obvious students are the ones who are overwhelmed by decisions, the decision process. Like they feel they have to make a decision. Well, no, take your time, slow down. So the the overwhelmed student is one that I will um, discuss gap year with. And of course, send in your direction, Michelle, Uh, you're the expert. So a student who's apathetic about further education. I don't want that student investing time and money in more school if, if they don't have a passionate feeling about going on. Um, those would be the two main ones. Some students know, you know, that they, and so that's another student who's the obvious pick. Um, but, but I think the apathetic and the overwhelmed um, those are students I advise to take a year off. Um, sometimes parents will speak to me in advance of a meeting with a child and um, talk about their concerns about maturity, readiness. So uh, that, those are students as well who I like to open up the discussion. And I, and I think it's interesting. I've been seeing a lot more of this in recent years where the parents are the ones saying, you need to slow down. And, and the kid is saying, no, 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 I need to go, 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 mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting. And then on the other hand, there, there are those ones who are so overwhelmed but still need a little bit of extra time. Um, and, and the encouragement from parents is so valuable. Parents are the strongest influencer of post-secondary pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not sure parents realize that the comments that they make sit so heavily with their kids in, or in a very positive way um, to, to what they, what they, the young person will consider for their future pathways. Mm-hmm. So, so I like that you, you talk about the student perspective, but also about that parent perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parents have huge influence with these decisions for sure. What about some of those sneaky students that, that don't necessarily come with lights f- flashing saying, I'm a perfect candidate for a gap year? Are there any ones that are a little bit sneakier? Um, I'm not sure. I would say every student is different who's in, who's in my office. Um, looking at marks, I mean, if a student doesn't have strong marks and strong study skills, but really wants to go to university because their friends are all doing it. I, you know, alarm bells will go off because, you know, if you're off at school with a lot of freedom or maybe living at home, still the, the, the workload is so heavy without the really strong study skills and time management. It's, it, it's going to be hard to be successful. Uh, so with those students, I will be very direct and I'll say, look, are you cut out for this at this point? 
So, so now that these folks have decided that a gap year is the right thing for them, are there things that you could think about or, or share with us that you would advise that they structure into their gap year if they're not really sure what their next steps are in terms of educational study or career study? Are there, are there any, is there any tips or advice that you might throw? I think, you know, to be blunt, this is not the gap year planning piece is not my area of expertise. Um, but I don't want the year to be wasted. I want there to be intention behind the choices in it. Um, so that at the end of it, students have pride in, in their experience and something to tell like a story to tell about what they accomplished and what they learned about themselves. Uh, for example, maybe upgrading courses um, for their education towards maybe getting into a program uh, with that gap, you know, application to post-secondary during the gap year, maybe their marks will have improved. So they've got more options available to them. Uh, so I think an academic piece is, is a powerful way to spend time working to earn money and gain experience, learn more about the career world, what, what options are available, what you like and what you don't like. I think that that's a powerful way to spend time. And I think adventure is, is a piece that I would love if I was a gap year uh, candidate. I would like to look at what can I do abroad? How, how can I become more worldly and, and you know just have just gain perspective on where I fit in in the world in globally in my community um, so I guess there's three pieces there's sort of work experience upgrading so that more options are available academically if I choose and then the other piece is adventure I love that. Um, we talk often talk about the earn, learn, and give back model, mm -hmm. um, where you where you do some working, you earn some money, you learn something about the world and about yourself, and, and yeah. then you figure out how you use your own gifts and talents to give back to the world in some way, whether that's in your local community or or abroad. Yeah, I love the give back piece. Yeah, so I think it's it's really neat that um, that we're very much aligned on 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 how we think that that time should be spent or how that time should be intentionally spent, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is so great. I think it's important during the gap year to keep one's eye on important dates. You know, if the student is planning to go back to school, then they need, he, she needs to be aware of, you know, what paperwork needs to be gathered? What are the deadlines for entry into admission that following September? Uh, and that's a whole other discussion, but um, just having a plan, being aware, intentionally uh, organizing that gap year, I think is, is a smart way to approach it. And I think for, for parents, it gives peace of mind that they won't just be sitting on the couch for an entire year. And for the young person, it builds in anticipation, excitement, and a sense of direction, mm -hmm. um, which is why we've created the Gap Year Planning Toolkit, which is a roadmap that helps families plan an entire gap year, step-by-step, -step, everything from goal setting to budgeting to picking the appropriate experiences and to make sure you're set up for re-entry after your gap year. So, 
I'll link to that in the show notes as a resource. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really important to be intentional about that. And also, you don't know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. to do it on your own, you could spend way more time than you need to, you may miss some critical elements, Mm -hmm. or, or you you may be only working within your sphere of knowledge when there is so much out there about what what is possible on a gap year. So we really try and open people's eyes to those things and provide some guidance on, on what the steps should be mm-hmm. uh, in order to, to have a very intentional year. So mm-hmm. I will link to that in the show notes as a resource. But something else that a lot of people are looking for on the gap year is to get some more clarity on career direction. Um, so a gap year can be a really great tool for that. So, so Jane, do you have any tips that would fit into a gap year around getting a little bit more clarity? I think students need to figure out what excites them, what matters to them and what they're good at. So your interests, your values, and your aptitudes. These are the three pieces that, you know, career counselors will dig deep uh, with students regarding. Also personality, and there's other pieces. But, you know, if you are looking for something to do with work, you want to do something that's going to make you feel good at the end of the day. You want to have purpose. You want to have satisfaction. Um, and so I think when you're in your gap year in work um, situations, sort of think about how um, the work you're doing fits with what you believe in and what you love and are you good at it. These are ways of finding satisfaction and meaning in your life going forward. Is uh, So I think just try different stuff out. And see how it makes you feel. And um, uh, with, with, with career discovery, it's all about trying different things, figuring out what you don't like, what you do like, what matters to you. And I think with the, with the what you're good at piece, I really feel strongly about growth mindset and grit, which are two other life skills that, Michelle, we could talk about for a long time. <laughs> but there's really nothing that you can't do all you do need to do is put, you know, a lot of effort into something hard work and anyone can do anything. So I wouldn't worry too much about the aptitude piece. It's more about what motivates you and what, what do you like to do? So um, during the gap year, try to figure that out. And I think it's what a luxurious way to spend time um, preparing for your career, you know, by taking a gap year and giving yourself time to figure out what the next step in life is going to be. Jane, this has been such a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Well, thank and- you for having me. And all of the things that you've, you, you see in, in all of the students that you've worked with and, and really helping parents and students to really understand if a gap year is the right thing for them and, and what are some of the things that they could really get out of their year. Um, so if folks wanted to follow along with you or uh, get your support on their journey, where can they find you? Well, online, I'm at righttrackeducation.ca. On Instagram, I'm at Jane underscore right underscore track. Twitter, at Jane Wright track. 
and also on Facebook. So there's lots of ways you can find me and I'd love it if people reached out to say hello or just checked in about, um, you know, who am I, career discovery and um, any other sort of um, concern about their educational journey along the way. If you want support, um, I'd love to help. Wow. I love speaking with passionate professionals who have such a clear desire for the student's best interest. Uh, And so I I just love these conversations. I wanted to just one more time give you a reminder that we do have that online gap year planning toolkit that is available to you on our website and it's linked in the show notes or you can find it at cangap.ca. Also, if you are considering a gap year or this is something that might be on your radar. In the month of April, we are doing a coast-to-coast tour that is providing information sessions, which includes workshops and opportunities to collect resources and speak with specific gap year program providers. So if it is something that's on your radar, definitely head to our website and check out where we're going to be. Hopefully we'll be in a city near you and we can meet in person. We'd love to have you there and uh, answer all of your gap year questions. So check out our website and we will see you around Canada. For now, take care and keep on adventuring.